Man, I'm so glad you plugged in that pedal board. So much juicy sounds. Yeah. 10 a.m. on a Sunday, folks. We're hanging out with Ariel Posen, plugged in. It's brought to you by Guitar Player Magazine and GuitarPlayer.com. Guitar Player, play better, sound better. Yes. Why am I shouting? I'm hyped. Coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, you don't have to yell. It's Sunday morning. But I'm excited, too, so I'll yell if you want me to match your energy. to sing today that is a, so much guitar and rock before 10 a.m i guess it's 10:07 here let's hope that we just woke up eric clapton he might be re- literally in the room next door i mean he might be in the penthouse on top of the building but let's just for or he might be at the ritz next door who knows but let's just assume he's next door it we'll, is true. we'll wait for that phone call that noise complaint <laughs> to come through what i'm getting at folks is ariel has just rocked i'm talking about you in the third person my friend you just rocked the biggest guitar festival on the planet eric clapton's crossroads which is a benefit for his center in antigua i guess yes. and to most of the world it's just the biggest guitar fest ever imaginable i mean we're here at the yeah. formerly the staples center crypto.com i think of it as lebron's house i think of it as kobe's house it'll, kobe's it'll house. always be staples to me thank you but i love thank lebron you. too but you know kobe's house there's two days of this, folks. Yesterday alone, you're sharing the stage with, I mean, Sonny Landreth opens the show. Del McCurry, 
Albert Lee, Judith Hill. You got Eric Gales, Bonamassa, Taj Mahal, Cheryl Crow. Of course, Clapton sat in with a few of these these acts. Yes. And ZZ Top, John Mayer. This is all just day one. <laughs> this is quite the lineup. Where do we start with this? What was it like when you first rolled into town? Or when, when did you get the call for this gig? I got the call for this gig in May 2022. So like almost a year and a half ago. And, you know, that's basically when everybody got the call. But... I was in the middle of a tour, of a, of a U.S. tour. We, we, we had just done West Coast, and my, my band and I, we actually flew back to Montreal, which is where I live right now. We had, it just made sense to uh, have like two or three days off there before we started a Northeast and like went down to Nashville, back up, kind of run. And literally in that, those two days, I get this email. I was out doing some errands, and I, I see this email from this email email that I did not recognize. And I'm not going to say, of course, what it was, but <laughs> the, it was literally the contact form of my website that anyone can reach at. It, oh, it, yeah. it said Eric Clapton and said, Hey guys, I'm just, it's Eric. I, we'd like to know if Ariel would like to participate in uh, the Crossroads Festival 2023 at Madison Square Garden, which is where it was originally going to be. So of course I'm like, what? But then at my, immediately my head triggers. It goes, Oh, this is bullshit for sure. This isn't real. But there's part of me inside said, you know what, I'll just pass this on to my team and have them still look into this. And long story short, sure enough, my agent did some digging and, and got a hold of Eric's manager. And he thus confirmed that it was legit. And Eric and I had some interaction while I still felt like it was, I was being scammed or something. And even you know, nine months later, we signed the contract. I still didn't really believe. You're thinking about which one of your friends is punking you. And yeah, <laughs> even my, even some of the people on my team were like, "Does anyone out there, like, do you have anyone that has any reason to fuck with you?" Or you know, I was like, "I don't think so." But it happened yesterday, so it was real. It definitely happened. But that's how it came to be. It was pretty surreal. Yeah. So yeah, now you're out here, you got a brand new album, Reasons Why. I want to just mention this for a second, because that awesome song that you were just rocking, completely not even warmed up, sounds so good, making me love my job. Ah, oh, It makes me remember why I do these things, why I get up on a Sunday morning and huff some gear down to the Marriott here <laughs> yeah. in, at LA Live, right across from the arena. So beautiful. That song is called Broken But I'm Fine. Yes, thank you. So that's what we were jamming on, but maybe you could guide us a little bit what what do what can i expect or any guitar player out there listening when i first play the crossroads festival what's it like when you uh, roll into the arena with a sound check what happens what happens well um as you can imagine you you just said the lineup there there were even more bands than what you said because like us there's some other kind of in between between taj mahal uh cheryl crow uh gary clark jr gary clark jr jacob dylan Exactly. Oh yeah, the Wallflowers, War on Drugs. There's all these bands. Smith so, Fish. Exactly. So Holly Tuttle. She. I don't. I think she's today. She's she wasn't right. there yesterday. But what I'm trying to say is, there's a lot going on logistically. So bands. You know, we got our call time was 8:30 at the at the arena. We, you know, my my front of house tech got in the day before. We all got in the day before, but I got in really late. So he went grabbed our credentials. And we got in our sound check time. You know, we, again, we're, we're small fish in I a big pond. this was here. early. Yeah, exactly. This is fine. Um, we had about like half hour total, like between getting all the gear on stage and then making some noise. So, yeah, we got up there. We got in. They showed us to our dressing room. 
Um, and then we we kind of hit the deck. Kind of a lot of hurry up and wait because you don't want to intrude. We, we got up and my friend Jeremy, who texts for John, was up on stage doing the trio sound check already. So we're just kind of waiting out for that. It was nice to see him, said hello. And then they said, okay, you guys are up. Luckily, we flew in, so there was backline for us. We didn't have this gig wasn't with our own backline. Um, I did have amp sent out uh, two rocks, so we had to unbox those, get those out of the flight cases, and get those set up. I had two, but there literally just wasn't room on the on the stage, so I just ended up using one of them. Yeah, you know, got got ourselves sorted, and when they basically said, "Okay, it's time," it's just like any other gig, you know. Except for the biggest arena in the country, basically. Oh, it's wild. I mean, I've been to Staples or Crypto many times for basketball games. I'm a big oh, basketball yeah. fan. Oh, yeah, you are. And I've, uh, I've never ex- associated the arena with music or concerts. So, you know, like Madison Square Garden is a sports yeah. arena, but also a legendary concert arena. Yeah. And I know this is too, but I, I just, I don't think, I think of it more sports. So to be on stage, even just sound checking and staring at the banners it was yeah. cool. It was just, and just to be here, it's not my first arena. I've been fortunate to, to play in different, not as like my own artist self. This was the first time as me playing in arena, but hey, as a side man, it, yeah, I've had the fortune of doing that many times Yeah, and it never gets old. It's just like a, wow. It's just, it's just a wild feeling. Well, the, there's no better reverb plug-in than oh God. Uh, <laughs> 25,000 seat arena or whatever. I mean, the boxes alone on at the crypto arena here at Kobe's house that they they add another like 100 feet of verticality to the ceiling. And oh, the, yeah. The seats way up there. It's like redonkulous. But yeah, so yeah, I know what you mean. Like I definitely played some arenas and stuff, hockey stuff all over Europe and this and that. But this one, I mean, most bands here play the Forum, which is significantly smaller. Significantly small and like more music associated. Yeah. I, obviously, Lakers associated too. But like in some ways, yeah. I feel like they would have picked the forum over just for the vibe. Yeah, but it, but no complaints. It's an honor and and it's great. We're actually always on in ears now. We 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 uh, the whole band yeah. we do in ears. But because it was so quick and there's a million other bands on in ears, a lot of RF madness going on. They were just yeah. like, can you please just do wedges? So. Sound wasn't very good up on, and like even with people in there, like we call them, I don't know what you like to call them, the meat sacks, the blood bags, whatever. <laughs> it usually it helps a lot. Yeah. But it was worse, oddly enough, when we performed and there was people in there, then in sound check. But, you know, we, we tour a lot, we play a lot. You know how it is. You just kind of get it dialed it sounded, in under your it fingers. It sounded great where I was sitting like halfway on the side. Like uh, just echoing throughout the guitar. Nice. Everyone sounded like you know. As long as it sounded good out there for just where we were in that little on that little stage, not great. But as long as it sounded great everywhere else, that's all that matters. You just right. trust it. What about Mr. Clapton? You get to meet him. Does everyone get to meet him who plays this thing? Funny enough, I didn't meet him yesterday. I will be back there today, so I hope I do get a chance to shake his hand yeah. and thank him. I was talk. I did talk to the producer uh, Scooter, like the co-producer with uh, yeah. Eric and. I've actually bumped into him numerous times and two or three times he was like, you see Eric yet? I'm like, I can't find the dude. Like he's, he's either on stage or he's disappeared somewhere. And not that like I'm scouring the backstage area looking for him, but I was really hoping to say hello. And I just didn't see him, but I'll see him. I'm hoping to see him today. I did see a lot of other heroes and friends and, and um, it was just such a hang. Yeah. So tell us about that. What's the hang? What's the hang like? backstage and then like maybe after parties or down here at the bar or whatever <laughs> well i can't i'll go in reverse order i can't speak on the after party or any hangs 
outside of it or after because there I wasn't involved in anything. I was yeah. I had been there since eight thirty in the morning by the time it was all wrapped. I even left early, like ZZ Top started playing and I was just done. Most a lot of us were done by then. And like originally they they invited us all to to play on Lagrange at the end, but they they were so like over time. Like the, you know, it got about an hour late from the schedule, so they just canceled it. Yeah. Um, so when that ha- happened, a lot of us, I think, were just like more relieved than sad. We were just all so tired. Uh, I feel you. Yeah. But the hang backstage, I mean, you know, usually you play a festival, and oh look, there's the so and so's tent, or here's the headline, and like, but like it's blocked off, you can't go. This everyone's just in a line, so it's like you know, it's us, and then there's Bonamassa's room, and then there's. Jimmy Vaughn and then Mayor's room and then War on Drugs and then Gary Clark and Jimmy. I already said Jimmy Vaughn. Just everyone was in this one hallway vicinity. And everyone just kind of was sitting in there with their door open. So people were coming in and out of everyone's room saying hello. Everyone was kind of hanging in the hallway. It was just kind of overwhelming and and awesome. Just so nice to see everybody. And yeah, it was was wild. Were there nerves? I, I mean, I watched some of the performers. Some people were, there were some people who were open about it, like James Bullard, to say that yes. right. He right. was just like, he's starting some kind of jam on his acoustic guitar, and then he's like, I can't lie, y'all, I'm nervous. Nervous, yeah. And uh, kind of won the crowd over. But then what he really won the crowd over was his incredible voice and songs, you know. And that Beatles cover was, I'm, I'm a sucker yeah. for the Beatles. Uh, he was sharing a dressing room with us, and he had a short set. We had a short set. Um, we tried originally to fit three songs into our set. The last song we play is usually 10 minutes with a long guitar solo. Angelina? So yeah. So we tried to like cut it down to seven or eight minutes and we tried to squeeze in two other songs. So we actually made a pseudo medley out of three songs and we like cut a verse and a chorus out of this song and we tried running it. This is, a, this is all getting to a point about James, but we were sitting backstage running through this with just my guitar and we're all singing but every dressing room had a broadcast of the show going on, which you could not turn off. You couldn't turn the yeah. TV off. You couldn't turn the volume down. You couldn't mute it. <laughs> no matter what, it was on. So here we are just playing. It's like Clockwork Orange. Yeah. We were playing our songs in different keys while like Del McCurry was on in a different yeah. key. And it was just like extremely comical. We had to do it with like a timer and with the click on. We were just really trying to be militant yeah. about the timing. But we're just laughing because it sounds so bad and all this stuff. And James is sitting beside us, just howling too. And then, and he said that like yeah. that sitting with us, watching this bullshit happen, kind of calmed him down a lot. Like he was super, yeah. super nervous and just ha- getting to laugh a bit and see some guys that obviously take what they do seriously, but not themselves seriously, and just be silly while trying to do some work. Just made him feel better and calmed him down. Yeah. And, uh, that made me happy. But I thought he crushed it. He was amazing. He was amazing. So, but yeah, even on just a general level, I think that no matter who you are, there's maybe a little extra nerves when you're on the bill with all the top guitar players in the world, basically, in terms of this kind of genre of electric guitar and some acoustic stuff. You know what? Yes, you would think that. I mean, I thought I picked up on a couple of performers. I'm not sure. Just like, you know, like, holy shit, here I am in an arena. Even Eric Gales was like, I'm in an arena. Right. Like, Sonny Landreth doesn't usually play rooms this big. Right. But, yeah, everyone also seemed really comfortable. I don't know if you notice any uh, adrenaline I amongst can, the performers. I can really only speak for myself. Everyone I, I watched, they all looked comfy, yeah. and they all looked like they were in their element. And I felt quite comfortable, actually. I mean, I, something about an arena, maybe you can relate. 
It's a yeah. little more disconnecting than like a more intimate room and you have yeah. to work a little harder to connect and engage. Oh, yeah. So it, when that happens, you know, even, yeah, it's, it's C- Staples Center, it's Crossroads, like heroes, like literal, literal heroes are standing all around. But like what I try to focus on is, you know, myself and everyone else that's there, we're there because yeah. we do just us, whatever it is that is us, we do that. And, yeah. you know, when I was younger, I would, the thought of Clapton walking into a gig of mine, I'd probably in my head go, well, I better start trying to play like Clapton licks because that's what he would want to hear. Or, you know, if uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan was still alive and he walked into the bar, I'd be like, oh, I better play all my Stevie licks. That's Man. how we're trained to think. Yeah, I had, we to, know play, to, I had to play people. with Prince watching once. Jeez. It's like, shit, I better be funky. Exactly. <laughs> but at this, But in reality, he wants to hear, and all these people... They want to hear authenticity and gen- and so they want to hear your voice. And everyone's here because they have their own voice. And I think, you know, it's not that I was confident. I was just, I'm comfortable and content oh, yeah. in the in the space that I sit in because I don't compare myself to anyone. I just do my thing. And you've been doing and this since 13 or something. Or guitar? Oh, yeah, even or earlier. Your first gig, I think, was like... I started, I, I started like getting paid occasionally for gigs when I was 14. Yeah, exactly. Now let's take a a little detour here. Since you mentioned Angeline, that is just such an epic solo that you're known for taking. Can you show us a couple moves from that? Or there's this one thing like you did last night. Yeah. It's like a little bit of behind the slide stuff with a little, it just, I actually filmed it on my phone too. Maybe I can try to fly in a little of that audio just to get a little taste of the night with you playing that. First of all, that song is a cover. That's a John Martin yeah. song. <clears throat> I was uh, introduced to him when I was living in Ireland for a couple of years. I, at least people in Canada, like nobody knows John Martin. 
Did you know? Are you aware of exactly? Not yet. Exactly. I mean, until this morning when I was yeah. checking it out. Now, and, have you? I was looking for a recording of you doing it, but I don't know if you've released it. I've released a version on a live record. So basically, my my first record. It's called How Long. That's out. Thank you so much, class. Shortly after that, I went back into the studio that we recorded it, and where I do the majority of my records, and we had a live studio audience in there, all on headphones, and we, we played down the entire record, and we did Angeline. Right. So that's the only, like, if you look on Spotify or anything, that's the only yeah. version of it. It's a, such a live thing, it doesn't, I would never record a right. studio arrangement of it. But YouTube has endless versions of it, so there's yeah. more, more to choose from. And it ke- keeps evolving. It's... There's only a couple, to, only maybe two times in in a show where we really stretch out for a solo. Yeah. I, I, I'm a, such a song guy, and I like playing down songs. And every song has like a guitar break or some kind of moment, but it's very short. And I feel like if I stretched out every song, it, I would run out of things to say, and it would just get annoying after a while. So yeah. less <laughs> is more for me. But anyways, your original question, this lick. Uh Yeah, this is a, it's kind of like a pedal steel lick. And you could do this in open tuning or standard tuning. This is standard tuning in B, but we're basically taking a minor, like this chord, and we're, we're going from like the four and the five yeah. to the one and the flat seven. And then I switch to the nine. Or the two. Yeah. And then I switch to the, f- the four chord, which is technically the two minor, depending how you're. Yeah. You... Yeah. And the first high note is with the slide. But the yes. second high note in that lick, you're fretting the same string behind. The string. Actually, the first two notes are slides, so we're sliding up. Right. Yeah, I mean that first high note right there. Yeah. And then. Yeah. So when you press down the string, two frets behind the slide, it drops below the slide, so you actually yeah. hear the note. I'm exactly. Kind of, the whole point of the behind the slide is that you you yeah. get that like. You get those notes yeah. tying together kind of vibe. <laughs> yeah, sweet tone. Obviously, the true pioneer, the main pioneer that we all think of was there opening the show, Sonny really? Landreth. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, I'm sure you've met him before. Or... I've met him very briefly. Uh, yeah. You know, just an understated guy. I feel like... Yeah. I feel like you must have met all the guitar heroes by now, but he seems like pretty close. I've met a lot of them. <laughs> I'm very fortunate. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Sonny plays like his personality. He's, he's just such a soft-spoken, uh, lovely, yeah. nice guy, and he... He plays like, you just hear him play, sounds like just a nice, gentle man, you know? And this is a very identifiable Ariel lick here that you're showing us. And it seems like you change it up at one point, too, where it's almost rhythmically different. 
at some point in that solo. Maybe. The one I was just showing? Yeah. Well, near the end of it is... Is this part? But a, yeah. when I first kind of kick on the fuzz, the, the solo kind of happens in tiers. There's like the real quiet, medium yeah. volume, and then we go balls to the wall. And I kick on the fuzz. I do that, and that's kind of the same. Oops. You could really do it without a slide, too. It just kind of yeah. glides it and embellishes it in a different way. That's the That's, fun of it, I guess. That slide makes such a difference. A yeah. Secret sauce. Yeah, a little bit. And did you, did you custom develop that slide with your uh, with that company? Yeah. So, a very dear friend of mine makes these slides, the Rock Slide. He, I've been using them for twelve years or so now, and um, just over time, it it was basically, yeah. you know, hey, you like these, right? Yeah, and. I, I think they're kind of big, though. I, I love the small one, and et cetera, et cetera. And he once sent me a few with this ball tip, and I kind of just liked it. And it, it was just different. Again, I, yeah. if everyone's doing this, I like to run the other way. And it kind of helps yeah. with um, the bottom string of whatever you're sliding on. It kind of dampens. Like <laughs> That sounded horrible, yeah. but I'll say that again. Uh, it just kind of <laughs> dampens it, you know? You never get that, yeah. like scratching on the yeah that kind of shit so it's not necessarily an enhancer in any way but it it kind of helps dull dull out the ugly notes sometimes if you struggle with that stuff but it just feels really good it feels like it's just an extension of your finger and i don't like a slide to feel like anything that you need to draw attention to, it should just be, it should just be there like a glove, you know? And that's what it feels like. Yeah. And it's enclosed over the top of your, the tip of the finger. So it's just like a complete rounded top in case exactly. anybody doesn't quite know what we're talking about out there in audio land. And tell us about yes. your, your main fuzz or what I mean. It's a, I hesitate to call it fuzz because this, it's just part of your sound. It's like seems like it's coming from your fingers at this point. <laughs> well, it's def- there's definitely a fuzz going on. The way I, I kind of run things is I always have an overdrive on. So, so right you, run, now, you run your amps clean, your 2-Rock. What model 2-Rock do you usually use? I usually use the the traditional clean. That's my favorite one. It's just a 100 watts of clean, straight up clean. I think it was originally modeled right. after the the OG... Mare signature amp, right. which is just like no nonsense, clean, very fendery, but just beautiful, open sounding, like no nonsense. I don't like amps where you have like a million options and you get like option paralysis. The first time yeah. I remember going to Two Rock in Ronard Park and they were like, "Hey, we got this new amp. It's like f- got four knobs on it and I'm like, didn't touch a single thing and it immediately sounded like I was like, "Oh, yep, that's the yeah. sound." I uh, love a great amps like that. I just used a Friedman JEL. This is the Jakey Lee 20 watt head on the last gig I did mm. three days ago. Yeah, you just turn it on and it sounds great. That's what I like in an amp. I just like it, no searching, just immediate, yeah. great. You know? Yeah. If you're if you're like, oh, I'm I'm really close to getting a good sound. I think in the next couple minutes I'm going to have a dial. That's 
that's a trouble sign. Yeah. There should be no searching. It should just be immediately like, I'm here. Here's yeah. what I got for you, you know? Yeah. So I normally run clean, like like I was just saying. This is my clean. Yeah, we got the little trusty boss katana right yeah. here. But if I step on the duelist here, that's my always on. But I use the volume on my guitar like all the time, so... If this is on 10, and I go to like six or seven. Yeah. It's, it's clean with that hair if you dig in. You know what I mean? And I just control yeah. dynamics way more like that. It's so important to me. It's like the Jeff Beck thing. Remember seeing Jeff Beck always just only using his volume and not yeah. toe tapping a bunch, and I was like, ah, oh, that makes all the sense to me. And then, yes, there is a fuzz, and the fuzz only works for me with the overdrive, also. So, yeah. you know, without it, and then with it. Also cleans up. If you turn down. And tell us about your fuzz. Who makes that fuzz pedal? Um, King Tone. Do you know Jesse Davey? I do not. Amazing guitar player from uh, the UK. He's been living here a long time. But he he makes this line of pedals that are kind of blues inspired, yeah. like blues breakers <laughs> and tube screamers and fuzz faces and zonk yeah. pedals. So yeah, the Duelist and the fuzz. I love the his. big silver, like, uh, you know, studio-looking knobs there. I so. love it, yeah. I'm, I'm always swapping stuff out. I actually have a yeah. signature pedal with a company yeah. called Hudson Electronics, and we right. have the AP Broadcast, which is like an AP, uh, sorry, not an AP, a, like a Neve console, like plugging straight in, and it sounds amazing. I just don't have it on this board currently because I keep switching stuff out, but that's kind of my yeah. favorite overdrive. And you've got this signature sort of slapback sound on a lot, too. Yes, I just... I just H9 love or? the slapback is actually from this black fountain by uh, Old Blood Noise. If I turn it up a bit, you can really. Yeah. It just gives like this more 3D sound to it. Yeah. Even even in mono, it sounds really 3D. Sometimes, you know, some songs, I can put two slaps with the H9. Like that broken but I'm fine is actually... Uh... I like having options with, with delays and stuff because it just gives different textures. It's not so much about needing a delay like this, you know, right? which is lovely, but it's more about, you know, 
adding, putting two slaps together. So this one yeah. is the Therme by Chase Bliss, and it it's actually like a pitch shifting delay. So this this setting I have yeah. is is a slap, very subtle, but it it sounds like it's a vibrato pedal almost. Yeah. It, with the right setup, it almost sounds like it's two guitars, you know. Was that time can only tell? Yes. sounds you have at the beginning of that and then at the end of that i think you actually kind of that little signature move kind of shows up there a couple definitely times. Oh, literally that lick <laughs> yes <laughs> i had to put it on the album somewhere you know i don't there think it's it actually been on an on a record of mine yet so Sweet. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> I want to get to your crazy-ass steel-bodied baritone in a second, but let's go back to the show last night. Yeah. Anybody surprise you? You're playing a huge guitar festival. I know I was surprised by a lot of people, like James, who we were just talking about, uh-huh. or Judith Hill and her set and her singing. Just That one break, she had Eric Gales come out. and then Yeah, we were on stage for that. Wait, we, yeah, <laughs> if I've got to experience that. Holy crap. Yeah. Yeah, so any any uh, artists or anything? Or, I mean, you probably were familiar with just about everybody on the bill, but... I was familiar with everybody. I didn't know War on Drugs, really. I thought they were cool, from what yeah. I heard. Um, or any really inspirational... Think What stood out to you as the great moments that you watched? Okay, I'll tell you what maybe my favorite moment was. First of all, everyone up there... I've seen, you know, Jimmy Vaughn's a huge hero. I've seen him many times i've seen mayor play many times i've seen clapton before um i'm a huge bluegrass fan so like to see del mccurry sierra hall like jerry douglas those people i've seen jerry yeah. play before always and yeah they amazing. Were i've seen Sonny. i've seen albert lee i've been fortunate to see them but like my favorite takeaway i think last night was not a guitar thing i've seen steve jordan play before i've seen him with mayor i've seen him with clapton i've seen him maybe that's it but yeah I watched on stage that show, mm-hmm. uh, so I was right on stage. Right there's like a little pit for not a pit. It was literally on stage. Was he with Mayer? Yeah, he was, yeah. It was John Mayer Trio. But, oh, so yeah. I was standing I on the once too, yeah. I was standing on the side of Steve. So I got to hear Steve play acoustically before it hits the PA. Yes, and like we what we don't realize. Well, a lot of us know this, but when you listen. To a band in an arena like that, like on a PA, drums, everything sounds amazing, obviously. But when you hear it acoustically, you really start to hear the nuance of his feel and his dynamics and the drums itself. He's switching snares every song and 
you don't really notice a difference when you're out in the house and there's processing on the snare and there's this and that a gate and a some compression or whatever it is you know just to hear it acoustically i was like holy crap and just the groove and everything and standing like he was you know yeah where that door is to where we are that's and i was Mm -hmm. just listening and it was just it was inspiring just to hear that groove acoustically. Such. I had the same experience. I was playing with this DJ Miguel Miggs, and he's the guy once we played when Prince was there. That, that was a more like a club gig in Hollywood. But I was out in Baltimore playing the Virgin Music Festival, and we were on one of the tents on the side, but there was all these other bands on the build, and our paths got us everywhere. It was nice. like Police and Beastie Boys, <sighs> um, Amy Winehouse, oh my Rest God. Her Soul. And uh, yeah, I'm on the side of the stage. Yeah, like you said, the PA is way off to our left, and we're behind the speakers, and I'm watching Stuart Copeland, and I had the same experience. Like, wow. whoa, there's the raw crack. You know, he tunes the snare really tight. and But you're hearing, hearing it acoustically. The, yeah, like, you're hearing his yeah. raw drums oh. and cymbals and everything right there. Amazing. And, and same with Andy Summers. It was really cool to be standing back there. Very cool. Oh, my God. Yeah, that, just hearing, yeah. getting to hear something raw. Like, I was watching side stage. I couldn't hear could barely hear vocals i couldn't hear pino i could barely even hear the guitar i could just hear the ambience of through the crowd but really all i could hear was steve's acoustic kit and it was just it was immense to hear groove like that yeah. so raw yeah it's an amazing feeling to hear it like that yeah man so that was probably my biggest musical like whoa take I bet away you saw like some of the best like stage teching around either right i mean well first of all you saw a lot of guitar gear there's a lot of guitar <laughs> gear back there. Yeah, I mean, you, as you can imagine, it's, it's just. I mean, describe how they got the the axe from one to the other, and they even had like multiple sort of stages within the big stage. Like you were on the right side of the stage. Yes. Yeah, so we there was like a little stage left and stage right stage, and then there was main stage, and main stage was on a spinning platform. So basically, yeah. when you saw the one band playing behind the yeah. video screen, is the next band setting up, and there they set that all up with. I mean, yeah. unless you were like a smaller band, um, you're just schlepping your stuff up there by yourself and just putting it on. But, you know, uh, War on Drugs, Mare, Wallflowers, like all the it was easy top, like they're putting in every, everyone's rig is on a, is on a riser of some kind with wheels and there's five guys pushing yeah. the rig onto this rolling part. They clamp it down and then get it all set up and they play the show and then once the show's done they flip the stage around for the next band to start and they immediately roll off the previous stuff and then put on the new stuff so it's a pretty well-oiled machine there's a lot of stage hands a lot of crew and then basically every band's crew yeah so you know whatever bands guitar tech bass tech drum tech they're kind of guiding the hands where to go yeah. with that pretty typical but it's a it's chaos but quite organized chaos i'd say Yes, my man. That was uh, quite a logistical accomplishment for those guys. And then you also have the whole guitar village outside with a huge stage, the village stage. You were, you're picturing like a little, <laughs> when I got there, it's like, this is like also a huge outdoor stage with a, you know, barricade yeah. in front of it. I was hoping to, maybe I'll do that today. I was hoping to yeah. catch yeah. some friends there, but I just didn't have a second to really go check it out today. It was also kind of hot, but they're it's pl- awesome. Yeah, they're already playing, right? It's 10 a.m. I'm well, now it's 10.30 or whatever, but... Wow. So, yeah, it goes all day. Now, let's, uh, let's again, talk back about some of your album. You were talking about something like how you use the um, the volume knob a lot. Yeah. And that's obvious, and I really like the way you do that. 
Are you also using the tone knob as a wah or? Not what's really. Like, what's this wah kind of solo on? I guess it was, I wish that we never met. wish that we never met um, it's a mixture of things that were going on I have this filter envelope filter sound through the h9 here I'll show you um, that's a cool MIDI switcher or whatever MC3 who makes that Morningstar Morningstar yeah they make great switchers like so if you don't want if you don't have room for a, a proper switcher like yeah. this this thing just programs for the h9 and the chase bliss so I can just pull up little presets, which is fantastic. So this sound, if you can hear this. Oh, sorry. You hear that kind of yeah. like. Yeah. So uh, like I have a song called Heart by Heart, which yeah. I originally got this sound for. It's this kind of. Uh, and the difference. Subtle, but you really, yeah. Anyways, that sound yeah. for I wish we never met. I think there might have been a some kind of octave fuzz. actually have the exact sound because yeah. it, was, it was it was a mixture of the amp I was using it was a mixture of that filter I may have actually been in st in open tuning on that so I'm, I think I even just played that in the wrong key but what is the sort of octafuzz that you have I guess on heart by heart and um, others heart by heart till I know So this, it's the Mythos Argo. And this is the Mythos Argonaut, which yeah. is like more of a green ringer fuzz, which is not really my cup of tea. the 
Argo is has like a clean blend. It's like a cob pedal. Yeah. So it pushes more headroom and there's less gain coming from it. So the, all the gain comes from the overdrive pedal after it. So that's what I've used, like Heart by Heart, Man You Raised, songs like those solos, that's what that sound is. And, yeah. you know, this pedal board, it's tiny, but it's very mighty. It does so many sounds. It comes down to what I can fit to. So the Argo, Argonaut, while it's not the, the full Cobb sound that I like, yeah. it's still great. Like... <laughs> It's really fun and, and cool still, you know? <laughs> oh, man. Those are some juicy tones. <laughs> and I'm watching your juicy slide bends and just, you know, I want to maybe get to some of that. But, of course, if anyone has not been familiarized with your actual guitar, from a distance, it looks like a road-worn kind of strap body shape. Right. But it's a mule. And they're known for making yes. resonators. Yes. Dobros, I guess some people might think in their minds. Tell us what's going on with this crazy beast. And is, is it one of a kind? or? Well, it's not a one of a kind anymore because right. he's making them all the time now. But when you, when you had it first built... Yeah, so he, the bit of a history is that he's, he was building resonators primarily. That's what he does. This is my friend Matt, by the way. Hey, Matt, if you're listening. And he started doing tele-style guitars, tele, like T-style electrics mm-hmm. with a steel body like this. And I love tellies, but I've never really been a full telly guy. I've, I've always identified more with the Strat and like the Jazzmaster. And just for months, I'd say, hey, man, why, why don't you build a Strat version? Um, I, I had just finished my first record, and on a couple songs, I used this Tiesco Del Rey, which is like a $50 Japanese guitar I got in a pawn shop in Indiana somewhere. Recorded amazing, sounded amazing, but like live is temperamental microphonic pickups it's just like it's a it's horrific on stage so i was like what if i could get a guitar that is normal scale length like to a strat um, but was a baritone and just had some kind of element to it that had this cool different vibe to it like the tiesco offers but different and i thought the mule would do that and eventually i convinced him to do it and yeah it's you know, it's like a Strat in a, in a way. Like these are too many humbuckers, volume tone, 25 and a half scale length, but it's a baritone. It's a full baritone guitar. I, I don't know that I would get on the same with a guitar like this if it was just in standard tuning the same yeah. way. Like the heavier strings and the, the low B tuning. Yeah, you must have really heavy strings. I have a lot of baritones, but they're all like longer scale. And that's the big and difference. Getting, this is 25 inch or 25 and a half inch scale? I think 25 and a half. I might yeah. be wrong. It's, it's one or the other. But it, it, the, the scale length separates, you know, what's a baritone normally? 27, 29-ish? Yeah, my... Not even they're not even all that big, but yeah, I think my largest one is about twenty seven. Okay, that and it sounds almost like gets into bass land, right? Yeah, on a good day, it gets into grand piano land. Oh, the really big low notes. Yeah, this gives you piano land, but also guitar land still. Like yeah. it still sounds like guitar, you know? Yeah, and that's very important to me because it switching guitars or playing with a bass player it doesn't fight frequencies and it doesn't 
battle for space. It ha- it occupies yeah. its own kind of sonic realm. And I just love it. Again, yeah. I keep going back to this whole thing about different, and it's a very different kind of vibe. You know, yeah. I, when I do sessions for people, if I do a gig with other people, I almost never play this guitar because it doesn't have a place always for it. I actually took this, yeah. I did a month with Tom Jones back in May. I was filling in for a friend, and there was a couple songs, like Delilah, he's classic. They had a baritone. They were like, please do, do the REL baritone thing. I was like, Okay, very rare that that happens. Normally, yeah. I would just take like a couple normal guitars. Normal yeah. me- meaning like just standard, standard tuning yeah. and stuff like that. But it's cool. It's just it's become a part of my sound, but it's it's really only 50% yeah. of my sound. Yeah. Like I what think strings gauge real quick. This is 14 to 62. Yeah, I, think I was I, I was doing 6 uh 6 17 to 64. Which sounds crazier than it is because you're tuned down a full four. Oh, yeah, yeah. So like bending it, it still feels like it's elevens if it's set up yeah. right. But now I'm f- both guitars. This guitar, this Jazzmaster here, is an open C. Yeah. So it's this, like a th- custom shop Jazzmaster. It is. Yeah. They're both fourteen to sixty-two strings. Really? But are the is that also baritone tuning or open C? Oh, so you just open C. Yeah. Well, I'll show you because it, yeah, it's yeah. it's like it's um. Here, hand me the, that guitar. Oh sure. Yeah. The mule baritone unplugged while you plug in the jazz master in open C. But like you'll you'll hear immediately. Completely different vibe, but still yeah. also. Yeah. Yeah. Let me just check the tuning here. See, so the jazz master is like, it's not new anymore. It, it's really. The, f- the other 50% of my sound yeah. that's so important is like the low output pickups with the lower tuning. Because normally a jazz master on its own is super bright and like kind yeah. of shrill. Balancing it out. Feels like it has so much more body to it like uh, geez I'm just clamming all over the place super inspiring yeah. to me and I just I don't even love the feel of the offset body yeah. it's something about the string tension with the bridge how it reacts it's this this neck pickup honestly is the biggest thing the neck pickup on this guitar is just magic to me yeah. it's just it's dark but it's also it can be bright I know we're kind of EQing this amp a little dark today, and which is totally yeah. fine, and I'm into it. I don't even have touched it. And That's awesome. having one guitar in standard tuning, one guitar in open, 
for writing too it they, it feels like two different instruments it like it feels more oh, like yeah. piano and open tuning to me like neither they're both a slide tuning to me i, I don't yeah. believe in you can only play slide and open tuning i've never oh. stuck to that oh yeah of course. um but it's just nice to switch between them and if i had the luxury like like most of the other bands that play crossroads to have a tech and a crew that could bring 10 guitars on the road i would bring a yeah. bunch of different tunings i'd bring a open D, open E, open E flat, but like, Absolutely. At, at least this way, tuning down to C, I can capo C sharp, D, D sharp, you know? Exactly. And move, same with that move guy. Move the nut around. Yeah, exactly. Hey, let me see that cable for a second. Let me... Yeah. Take her for a rip. As somebody who loves the baritone, I just gotta feel the power for a second. Do it. Juicy guitar. Yeah. 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 Fun. Yeah. Yeah. What is that? Oh, I don't know. It's just shit. What's the, what the harmonic thing you were just doing? I mean, I might Whoa. Been, I don't know. Slapping the high. amazing <laughs> well yeah this yeah, is fun i wish we had two amps but i got the acoustic over here let me give you uh, the cable back okay i noticed that the uh, baritone mule has a like a telly style bridge which is kind of interesting yeah I, uh, to be honest i love i like a hardtail yeah vibe. I, I used to float every strat i used to try to just do the jeff back thing and like then you you're like I got a string slide. on a gig and it's like oh can't play the guitar anymore yeah you know it just fucks you up so I I kind of just like the hardtail I feel like the strings being a bit more secure adds yeah. a bit of tone and body to the sound too maybe that's just in I my think head. you're probably right I mean yeah. you know and there's probably some kind of little tinkly sparkly thing that's cool about like a strat and floating bridge too so exactly either way no there's no right or wrong it's just a matter yeah. of what I'm into right now. <laughs> So if someone was a, a checking you out, can we go die real quickly? Let's touch on your five Ariel songs Ooh. that you would like them. I mean, I would say maybe I Wish We Never Met, which is a new single, right? Maybe that's one of them. I am fond of that song. I, I really feel like this new record, are, I mean, yeah. you know how it goes. You put out a record and it feels like it's your best work yet. I do feel like it's this really last record is my best stuff. However... Um, well, there's things like we got Angeline in there. That, that's definitely, I think, one of them. People got to check out that. Yeah, solo. I mean, most a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Angeline went viral on YouTube uh, yeah. a couple of years ago, and that, yeah. a lot of people know me from that. And even with it, Angeline went viral twice, which is hilarious because on TikTok, this is so stupid. But like, I do this lick in Angeline halfway through, which is. <laughs> Which, which kind of starts the next tier of energy. And I posted that lick once. I did it. I only do that once in the, a night. On that. It's not yeah. even a lick because it's just a written moment. And that yeah. went viral a couple times. on TikTok. So it's like twice on the same song. There's all these little bits. It's so ridiculous. But um, 
Angeline, I guess, yeah, is a huge part of my catalog, even though it's a cover. I'd say, you know, off my first record, Fade, or things that I've said are, are like staple songs. Now tell us about one of those, like it's an interesting like recording or something about the process of creating it or that guitar players might find interesting. In that case, let me change little, my pick. Yeah, let me little, change my pick. So um, I'll talk, I mean, those songs would be the most like have the most notoriety on that record but on that first how long record there's a song called get you back which is the only other song really in the set live that we stretch out and do a big solo and like i was saying that tiesco del rey 50 dollar indie exactly exactly <laughs> i was playing that guitar and the solo was just live off the floor it was no there was no overdubs or fix fixes to it i, I recorded it in the control room of the studio so i was yeah. just hearing the bass and drums on speakers and I was plugged into this. I almost exclusively used the two rock for recording. That one solo, I, I forget what the amp was. It was this tiny little, like a silver tone or a, you know, one of those character tiny little things yeah. that sound like it's on the verge of exploding. It, just it sounds like, broken yeah. almost. It's like melting down while you're hitting big notes. Or exactly. And that was the goal. But some something, this was the perfect example of a temperamental guitar that doesn't work live, but added such magic in the studio, but only that one time. And if you listen to Get You Back on the on the How Long record, you hear not only the microphonic pickups, like you can literally hear bleed through the pickups yeah. of the bass and drums, which is amazing. And then there's just times like where I kick on the fuzz finally. And this is something that doesn't happen on this guitar because it's a lot more better built and contained. But with those microphonic pickups, yeah. even me in the control room playing off studio monitors, it fed back off of yeah. the amp on the studio speakers. So there was this... Yeah. interplay that could have only happened that one time that we caught it on that one take like brad gillis recording sister christian solo <laughs> that was what he is liked. that the same thing yeah exactly he might have had it louder than you probably but like the, you're talking about how these pickups like yeah. strangely reacted yeah i think we had it quite loud like it wouldn't do that if it was like you know reasonable listening volumes but it reacted this one way in a way that we can't replicate and there was like there's one or two like not clams yeah. but not the best note choice, probably just oops, whatever. And we had to we had to keep it. It was like this performance as a whole, this solo as a whole. It's not always about perfect. It's never about perfect for me. I hate perfect. I like the perfect imperfections. Yeah. And it had those. It just it was real. And it had these like this interplay stuff, it was just very special that you could only get that one lucky time. And um, that, that's definitely a standout. so hard to pick because I feel quite passionate about the whole thing. Um, 
Didn't say solo tone. Or? Didn't say solo tone's great. It's it, that's just basically you know. Actually, it was this note. You know, just. I'd actually oh, yeah. say, like, um, you know, Broken But I'm Fine, the song we played at the beginning. Yeah. That song, I recorded all the guitars in a completely different way. Like, because right now it goes, you know, I can't look back. It's got oh, that driving cool. thing. But originally, it was written and recorded like, I can't look busy bluesy yeah. kind of guitar and i still have the that that track like that but it just didn't feel it didn't feel right it didn't feel accessible and it didn't it just felt too guitar-y you know it didn't feel like it was serving the song so we changed it but the part we did keep were, were the guitar solos in that and the solo was it, it was actually not this guitar it was this a builder friend of mine in the uk his name's john case he makes gibson style guitars and he once built me this chambered Les Paul style guitar. I don't even love chambered guitars, but I keep it in this baritone tuning and I have even heavier strings on it and I have Ron Ellis pickups in it. It just sounds amazing. It's very difficult to play because the strings yeah. are so heavy, like way heavier. I think they're like 19 to 68. Because the scale is even closer. Exactly. 24 and three quarter. So like I can only do it in the studio. I only got one or two takes to like make it. It's, it's easy with the slide, but like yeah. actually doing like the... That kind of stuff is hard, but it was that guitar with some a couple of slapbacks and fuzz into this Greer amps. I don't know the model, but we're still talking about broken, but broken, but yeah, it's like yeah. an amp this big. I know oh, no really? one can see what I'm doing, but it's the size. that's the size of like one of those Two. small tissue boxes, not exactly rectangular one, slightly small smaller one. than a tissue box, and we ran that into like a 412, and it just sounds like, like a motorcycle this. battery. Okay, I'm going off. It could have been a motorcycle battery that we plugged in. It just had a very cool sound. So, like, any opportunity to experiment and try a different sound and try a different thing, I feel like that's where the magic happens. If you just take time to chase down a sound or an idea. Well, if you listen to a really old, low-wattage, tiny amp, like a little champ from the 50s or something, and it's being tortured, it kind of goes into fuzz land. So you kind of like the sound of tortured circuits. Yes, I I do. I think I'm very mean to circuits. Something about the like the, you know, not always, but like you know, on the brink of explosion, but contained chaos. Just like loading in and cruise at crossroads, you know, yes. contained chaos is exciting to me, and it gives tension and release in a way that just you know sometimes a very smooth, beautiful lead sound is is awesome, and that's what's needed. But sometimes something that's gut wrenchingly awful but like good awful 
can be very moving and can can really say a lot more in terms of the intent and like the dynamics of it. Headway, I would say, two staples for me is uh, Heart by Heart and What Are We Doing Here? Yeah, so Heart by Heart, I, I showed you a little bit of that one earlier. It was uh, it's the first track on the record. And it's this guy here. We were going to play it last night, but we had to ax it last minute just due to time. We sound checked it. Yeah, that always happens at those kind of gigs. Heart by heart. Um, I love that song. Too. And then, what are we doing here? Well, hold on. So, okay. Uh, and then remind us again the fuzz on that and solo is uh, the Argo. The Argo, yeah. <laughs> When you say Argo, you mean the Argo not just the same pedal, or they have different names and they're different it's lines? It's super confusing. It's the same line. It's yeah. Mythos pedals, but the Argonaut, which you're looking at here, a, cer a certain octave type fuzz circuit. It's called the like Green Ringer, right? And then the Argo, which is the one I've recorded with, and I have usually, if I have a bigger board, is a Cobb, which is more of a clean blend in there, so it's more headroom and punchy. And you can take out the gain if you want and f give it gain from another pedal. And that's kind of I like what I like that. But this is like a no-nonsense. There's nothing to adjust. It's just you get what you get, which it's is very nice cool. Small. Yeah, like if, I get, take, if I take the overdrive off. I mean, you got a lot of colors out of this little pedal train. It's one of the, yeah, the, oh, the Metro 24, if you're familiar with their line. I love that. Dead circuit. Dead battery. There's not a lot of output to it, so like giving it the extra drive. Uh, so that was just the Argonaut, and then you added the Duelist exactly. to push it. I've That's never beautiful. even, you could run both fuzzes like that. <laughs> That's kind of gnarly, actually. Oh, I never sounds, do that. I love it. Thank you. 
string. Love it. Rad. Sorry, man. I need a little jam break. That was some, yeah, that was some good. miracle shit in there, my friend. Likewise, man. I love I love hearing you play. I love your style. That's I, I, you every, basically all that stuff you're doing. I'm just like, what the hell is that? How do you do that? It's amazing. Love it. I love that voodoo. You got voodoo in your fingers. Thanks, man. There was one more song you wanted to talk about? Yeah. Um, what are we doing here? Which is another track off of Headway. Um, kind of like a George Harrison. I don't know why I say that, but it's inspired. Um, These are the verse changes. This is the chorus. And I kick on this Leslie. song has a very um kind of like melodic i think maybe that's what i'm referring to more of with george um sorry um what am i oh my god i don't even know my own song so it's <laughs> classic <laughs> yeah here it is that fuzz how it just cleans up yeah <laughs> really good stuff that's yeah, fun so I, I i pick those two songs i mean i i like yeah. people to just i like to think they're they've all got their own little moments you know every song has a standout thing there's so much time and energy i would agree that I put into like making each song as cool and nice as it can be. I like the mixes on the new record, too. It's, like, really dry. The drums are really fat, but it's not like the room sound. The vocals are really dry, but then the guitar, of course, might have some slap back or... Totally. drier vocals and and dry big drums i think when stuff's a little too wet so to speak it can yeah. it can really it, it can dampen the effect and it can really make things sound smaller you know how like when you take you're like doing guitar tracks and you're like i want it to be huge so i'm gonna do all these like i'm gonna do two rhythm tracks panned and i'm gonna double each one but like let's add a bunch of 
overdrive on both of them, so it's huge. And you record it, and it's like, it's not that huge. And then you do it again, but like you, you have a way cleaner sound. And then it sounds gigantic. So like yeah. I've learned that the trick, especially with recording and even live, is like not too gainy. Gainy is like more saturated, compressed, and the headroom comes from a more cleaner sound. And you know, clean with a bit of hair, that'll make things sound so much bigger than too distorted, in my opinion. And that's just what I like. That's my own personal preference. about gent for a second and i'm talking about not the genre i'm talking about aubrey gent well i guess his son now aj gent oh is, yeah. is playing some beautiful slide i am one of my favorite guitar players i use quotes because he's a lap steel player is his father i believe it's his father huh aubrey gent florida minister he just he plays you know slide Lap Steel Slide is yeah. usually a gospel song, you know, and just a, really sounds like a singer. Very simple lines, but the groove and the and the uh, vibrato, oh, the slide just kills me every time. And I know you're familiar with his son, AJ. He's unbelievable. Um, what's amazing about AJ is sometimes I see him play over the fretboard. Yeah. And then sometimes he plays under, like how yeah, the overs how obviously the kind of lap style. The, the lap approach. style, but like. Pick a side, dude. Just be good at one of them. Don't be good at both. You're making us all feel really bad about ourselves. No, he's yeah. unbelievable. What a musical cat. Like, And you have a very sweet vibrato happening yourself. Um, there's a, a circular thing kind of when I see a great slide happening. I'm an amateur slide player, but what, what would you talk about or what could you comment on about the direction of the slide during vibrato or just slide vibrato mechanics? Or I mean, I, I, I would be lying if I said I sound an inkling close to someone like AJ, which I don't. But if you listen to the greats, do you listen to Derek or let's just talk Derek, like for, because it's just because as a modern slide player, he has inspired whether people like to admit it, he's inspired everybody sounding like a singer, you know, yeah. like treating 
the vibrato and treating every element of how you're playing. You know, like a singer typically, I think there's three types of singers. There's there's the like more bluegrass kind where you just go like, ah, uh, no vibrato at all. Yeah. And you have like super over the top, ah, uh, right away. Yeah. And then you have someone kind of in the middle, which is also how I sing, where it's like, uh, you kind of weave it in slowly. Yeah. So that's kind of nice. how I approach it. But it all gives you intensity and dynamics, too. Right? And, and the biggest thing with that vocal, lyrical kind of sound is what people don't realize is they put a slide on and they start going... they attack every note with a bunch of vibrato right from the get but more so with their right hand oh, okay. they're picking their they're attacking every note playing really loud and the least you the less you attack the more vocal it's oh i see what you're saying you know do a little more portamento or <laughs> <laughs> yeah legato wow. legato like what legato i don't know what you call that but le- yeah, you don't have to legato. pluck every note the least, the less, I keep saying least, I keep meaning to say less. The less you pluck. Like those kind of runs. Yeah. That's not even really my thing as much, but yeah. there's guys that do that so much better and do that a lot. kind of like a middle yeah. ground of both where you're not attacking yeah. too much but you let the gliding do the talking you know <laughs> I guess that'd be more my speed of what the so way sweet. I do it but it's like yeah, don't attack so much. Let the slide do the gliding and the speaking for you, and it'll put you more yeah. in that vocal-esque atmosphere, I guess. Yeah. But the vibrato, yeah, I mean, too much of anything is not going to be special, just like yeah. anything in life. So you got to find a balance where you're, you know, you're balancing out your vibratos so it's, it means yeah. something every time you do it. Rad. Well, I've kept you here quite a bit. Um, you want to go out on some blues or something? Or you anything else we want to cover? Oh man, I'll you play like whatever a, you want to play. Uh, going, you can head down to the festival today, check out some more bands. I'm gonna go definitely hang today. Yeah, yeah. I don't know when you're. Are you leaving tonight or something? I'm leaving tomorrow. Oh, so I got, go. I got another t- 36 hours in LA. There you go. So I need. Yeah, I got to find something to do tomorrow. But I'll definitely. I'm getting kicked out of the hotel, but I'm I'm staying just basically across the street. So I'm gonna switch, switch my, you know, switch my yeah. scenario up, and then uh, yeah, probably head over there I again for drill. four. What's yeah, that? I know that drill. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you got any rooms ready? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, if anything changes, if anything opens up, can you let me know? Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll, yeah. Those that tour know. No, I'll definitely be there. It's just too cool of a hang to not just take it in. I'm not sitting in or playing with anybody today that but, I know of. Yeah. Anything could happen. Anything could happen, but just to hang and, and other than like, you know, I'm not, I'm not looking to chase 
photo ops or meet heroes. Mm. There's a lot of friends there of mine. And like, you know how it is. We're yeah. never in the same place. Yeah. So the fact that everyone's at the same place and you get to see everybody catch up with people and just shoot the shit is just like, it's important socially yeah. and just for the, the soul to like catch up with people you care dear, dearly yeah. about. Exactly. And Not even talk about guitar or music. Just talk about life and, and yeah. catch up. It's it's super nice. And that's primarily what I'm yeah. going for. And and not at NAMM. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Different vibe. All right. Well, thanks again for meeting today. Are thank you kidding, dude? Thank you. I'm a fan. Like I told you, off air. Love the show. I appreciate thank, it's that. an honor to be on it. Thank you. Likewise, honor to have you, man. And uh, thanks to Guitar Player Magazine again for making this hang with yes. Ariel happen. Yes. Um, yeah, keep it Play alive some. till you're a million and five, my friend. <laughs> I was in tune before I left the house, but I was in the back seat of a car. No good case. Enough for, good enough for rock and roll. My Martin doesn't need a case. <laughs> so what would you, you like to play? You, you ever, what's that? How's that? It's kind of like Karma Police, but not. Sorry, let's do it in a better key. We can do it. No, that's cool. Here, that is low string.
is safe.